Look, love isn't just his habit. It's not just his action. It's his nature. He is love. Thanks for joining us for today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler starts a new series. This series is entitled Fruit of the Spirit. This is part number one of that series, and it is entitled Living in the Tree of Life. And now here is Pastor John Butler with today's message. Galatians chapter 5, we'll be reading from the New Living Translation, verse 16 is where we'll start. End up somewhere around verse 25. Galatians, it's about halfway back in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Thank you. Zay, if something happens, man, I'm going to purple, okay? This is what the Word says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Man, we could just read that, pray, and go home, couldn't we? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that this be done, this be accomplished, this come to pass in our lives. Lord, we say, so let it be to your word and to your will today. God, I pray that you'd illuminate our hearts and our minds to receive the truth of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm excited to preach this morning. I, I, I feel a, um, an openness to the word of God in, in, the, in the house this morning. And that's not always the case. Sometimes there is a tension, there is a hesitancy. This morning I sense an openness to the Word of God, and I want to encourage you to keep yourself open. Can I get an amen? All right? Keep yourself open. Keep yourself connected, listening to what the Lord has to say to you, not just to us corporately, but to you individually as well. Okay? So today, as you can see on the screen, I'm beginning a brand new series on the fruit of the Spirit Today, the message is called Living in the Tree of Life. Now, I was planning to go a completely different direction this month, honestly, but the last two messages that I felt like the Lord 
uh, led me to, I honestly thought were completely unrelated. But the Lord sometimes teaches you things in the middle of, of what you're doing for Him. And, and so I began to see the connection. And quite honestly, I've just been captured by this concept of fruit. The last couple of messages, if you, if you haven't heard those, I would encourage you to listen to them. They're available online. Not, not because they're, I don't want you to listen to them because I'm awesome. I want you to listen to them because they provide context for this series that we're about to go into. So they're always on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you, will, you, can, you can access that by going to our website. Our website is covenantlifewestga.org. You can still get there through covenantlifebremen.org as well. Okay, So I would, I, if you didn't hear those two messages, which is most likely to succeed, and last week was be fruitful, I would encourage you to do that. Last week in John chapter 15, we, we saw where Jesus said the definition of or, or the, the way that you can, the test of being a true disciple is that you produce much fruit. And so that tells me that fruit production is a pretty important thing in, in the mind of Christ. And we better figure out what that fruit is and how it is that it gets produced in our lives. And so we're going to, in this series, we're going to take each one of the fruits of the Spirit that we just read in, in Galatians chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to talk about each one of those in a message. So next week, the message is going to be love that overcomes. So we'll start with love, and we'll just go and see what God has for us in that list. All right, so this week, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning, because there's something, there's something in Genesis that I think will help us understand the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't want you to just hang with me, and I think I can make a connection for you that hopefully will help you understand how to be more productive in your life. So Genesis chapter 2, and then we'll wind up in chapter 3 in just a second. So Genesis 2.15 says this, The Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So I want you to see that God put people in the Garden of Eden, planted a garden, and he put, he put man there. Now verse three, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 very, very familiar story if you've been in church for very long. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did you really say, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the, from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. And the serpent said, oh, you won't die. Verse 5, God knows that your eyes will, this is what the serpent said, God knows your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree, look at these three things, she saw the tree was beautiful, that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it as well. Now, th there were two pretty unique trees planted in the garden. Well, one was in the middle of the garden, and that's what, what, uh, what we just read uh, about Eve eating from that. There was another tree planted in the garden as well called the tree of life. And at the end of, verse, of chapter 3, in verse 22, it tells us that the fruit of that tree, the fruit of the tree of life, led to eternal life. 
Now, I want you to stay with me because here's the connection. And this is an easy, I'm going to ask you a question. This is an easy question, so don't overthink it, okay? But who or what is always the source of eternal life? Where does eternal life come from? It comes from God. It is only God. It is always God. It, he, the, the enemy comes to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy. He never brings life. That's always God. It's God who, who is the source of life, and in particular, eternal life. Now, Adam and Eve were free to eat from the tree of life. They were free to eat from the tree of life. They could eat as much as they wanted to. It was not forbidden for them because they were already created to live forever. So they could eat as much as they wanted to. They were already communing with God. They were already being obedient to God. So eating the fruit of the tree of life was perfectly in his will for them. And I believe that the fruit of the tree of life was a symbol of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to think through this, and I think we can make the connection here uh, in just a minute. That I believe that this was a symbol of the fruit of the Spirit. So why is that? Because the fruit of this tree led to eternal life. And there is nothing else except the character and the nature of God that produces eternal life. Would you agree with me that it's only the character and nature of God that produces eternal life? So the more they ate, the more they connected to God's will for them. He's like, man, I, I sure would love to have a tree of life today. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to eat the fruit of something that's going to connect us to the character and the nature of God? Well, I, I hope that you're realizing by now we actually do have that tree we do have that connection to the character and the nature of God. And we just read about it in Galatians. So today we're going to talk about living in the tree of life as we kick off this series on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want you to see three things about in the, in the tree of life that's going to teach us about the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the first thing. The fruit of the Spirit grows from God's character. The fruit of the Spirit grows from God's character. Now again, I don't know if the if the fruit of the spirit of the fruit on the tree of the of the tree of life was literally the fruit of the spirit, but I can tell you this: the fruit of the spirit is a manifestation of the character and the nature of God. It is a manifestation of the character and nature of God. I'm going to show you that in just a second. And if you partake of God's nature through His Son Jesus Christ, then it will accomplish the same thing the, the tree of life did. It will lead to eternal life in your life. If you take on the character and the nature of God through Jesus, you will live forever. That's called salvation. So let me show you that the fruit of the Spirit is not just a list of virtues to attain to. This is not just a, a behavioral checklist. These are not behavioral goals. These are expressions of the character of God. These are evidence. This is evidence of God's work inside of us. And I want to show you this. Now, there's going to be like seven or eight scriptures right in a row, but I want you to pay attention here. 1 John verse four, chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Anyone who does not love God... Excuse me, anyone who's not loved does not know God. For God, what? Is love. God is love. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the, the joy of where? The Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So where does joy come from? From the Lord. Look at Judges chapter 6 
and verse 24, Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh uh, Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Look at Numbers chapter 14 and verse 18. The Lord is what? Long-suffering or patient. Look at Joel chapter 2 and verse 13. Joel says, Rend your heart and not your garments and turn to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and he is of great kindness. So kindness is of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. He says, but you're not like that. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness. And what's the source of goodness? Of God. For he called you out of this darkness into his wonderful light. Deuteronomy 32, chapter 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God. Now look at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, teach, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. Gentleness comes from God. You see, every one of the fruit of the Spirit has its source in the character and the nature of God. Do you recognize that? God is every one of those things. Now, I didn't even look up a scripture for self-control. Didn't look up a scripture for self-control because if God don't control himself, there ain't nothing anybody else can do about it, right? As a matter of fact, I would present as evidence of God's self-control is that you and me are still breathing. That is plenty of evidence of God's self-control and restraint. But look, I, want you to, I don't want this to pass you by. God is all this stuff. He is that at his very core, his very essence is this. Look, love isn't just his habit. It's not just his action. It's his nature. He is love. You see, he, he's not just peaceful. His name is peace. His, his, his character, everything about him is peace and love and joy and kindness, all of that stuff. See, the fruit of the Spirit is not behavior modification. It's about developing the nature and the character of God in our lives. So when Jesus says we need to bear fruit, this is the fruit that he's talking about. And the way we bear fruit is by developing not the habits of Jesus, but the heartbeat of Jesus. It's not that we develop the, that we learn the knowledge about Jesus, it's that we learn to have the nature of Jesus. When we have his heart, and we have his nature, and we have his character, then Jesus said in John 15, we will bear fruit. When you have the nature and character of God, you will bear fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit grows from the character of God. Is everybody with me? The fruit of the Spirit comes from God Himself. It is who God is. I want to show you the second thing. The fruit of the Spirit grows from choices. The fruit of the Spirit grows from choices. Now, I don't know what it is about our society, our culture, but it seems like every day we get further and further removed from people who will accept responsibility for themselves and for their actions. Actions have consequences, do they not? You can't, don't they? Actions have consequences. That was a little weak, y'all think like you're thinking about it. Actions have consequences, and you have choices to make in your life, and your choices will lead you down the road, one road or the other. 
right? You're either going to get closer to God or further away from God. You're either going to go this way or that way, but you can't do both. Your choices matter, and your choices choose the path that you're going to be on. Amen? So let me show you this in Galatians chapter 5 in relationship to the fruit of the Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let Him guide your lives. Would you, would you have to let Him if you didn't have a choice? He's saying choose to allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. Now look, you don't have to. It's your choice. You can choose to allow the Spirit to guide your life, or you can choose not to. But you need to understand you've only got two choices. There's only two choices. Paul talked about it in Galatians 5. He said, look, the Spirit gives you desires from the heart of God, but he said you've got a nature, a sinful nature, that has its own set of desires, and they're going in opposite directions. So let's go back to Genesis where the sin nature started and see if we can, see if we can learn about this other choice that we, that, that we can make as well. So in the middle of the Garden of Eden, there's a tree. There's two unique trees in the garden. One's the tree of life. We've already talked about it. The other one has a really interesting name, and, and, and it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they were prohibited. The only tree in the garden they could not eat from prohibited from, from eating from that tree. But they had a choice to make. They had a choice to make. They could follow the commands of God, or they could choose to, to live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could live in the tree of life, or they could live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now listen, both of those trees looked good. Both of them looked good. They were both attractive. They were both available. That you understand, there was not a force field around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had every opportunity to go and to take the fruit from that tree. When Eve reached up and took the fruit from that tree, she did not get zapped. There wasn't a warning sign. There was nothing. God had already told them the truth, but now it was up to them to choose. So how do you know which one to choose? Do you realize we are faced with the same choice Every day of our lives? Are we going to choose to live in the tree of life? Or are we going to choose to live in, in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? How do you know which one to choose? If there was ever a justification for building your life on the Word of God, then this is it. Listen, if there is, if there is no moral absolute, if there is nothing stronger than you, wiser than you, nothing higher than you, then we're left to make our own decisions based on our own experience, our own understanding, and our five senses. Building your life on the eternal Word of God will keep you from shipwrecking your life. Do you remember those, those moments when you refused to listen to what God was leading you to do and you made your own choice based on what you thought was best? How many of you, that turned out to be a hot mess in your life? Some of us are still dealing with the consequences of making those decisions. You, listen, you choose the tree of life over the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because God said to, not because one looks better than the other. What God says, it, we, have to, we have to believe this, what God says is true, even if everybody else and all other evidence says it's a lie. 
Paul said, let God be true and every man a liar. We have got to determine that we're going to build our lives on, on, on the eternal word of God, on the truth. And truth is not a statement. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. We have, see, in our lives we have to choose to trust something. We have to choose to believe in something or in someone so here's the question. Do you, want to, do you want to build your life on you? You're going to believe you? Or are you going to believe in God Almighty? There's only two choices. We're either going to walk by faith or we're going to walk by sight. Right? We're either going to walk in the works of the flesh or we're going to walk in the, in the fruit of the Spirit. We're either going to be in the, in the character and the nature of God or we're going to choose to live in the character and the nature of the enemy who corrupted humanity in the first place. We're either going to choose to live in the tree of life or we're going to choose to live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The choice is ours, and it's a real choice. We get to decide. Now, Eve made her choice. She made her choice. In verse 6, it says that, that this is, she was convinced, and this is what convinced her. She thought it looked delicious. That's the lust of the flesh. She thought it was beautiful to look at. That's the lust of the eye. And she wanted wisdom to be like God. That's the pride of life. Because she thought it would, it, it, that, that what she would get would make her like God, and she would be able to see both good and evil. Now listen, if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. The problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is that it only gives you knowledge. It doesn't give you wisdom. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not the tree of the wisdom between good and evil. That kind of wisdom and discernment only comes from God. That's why God didn't want them to eat of that tree, because it would give them knowledge that would be dangerous in their lives without his input, without his, without his discretion, without his discernment. So God knew what would happen if they ate that tree. That's why he said, don't eat the tree, because you can't handle it. See, listen... Just because you have the knowledge of good and evil doesn't mean you have the ability to choose which one it is. When you're standing before those two trees without the Word of God that shows you clearly what your choice is, it is very difficult to figure out which fruit to eat. There is sometimes a fine line between good and God. The works of the flesh that are listed in Galatians chapter 5 they seem to be good to the people who are living that lifestyle. Didn't, didn't the Word say that sin is, sin is pleasurable for a season? That doesn't, it, doesn't it make sense? I mean, why would a person have an affair with somebody? Why would a person have a relationship with somebody outside of marriage? If you talk to them, there's all kinds of justifications that seem good. Oh, well, there's just this emotional connection that I don't get with my spouse. Oh, there's a, you know, my spouse treats me bad. Or, or, or there, there, there's all these kind. I deserve to be happy. Y'all heard that one about a whole lot of, I, just, I deserve to be, to be happy. Look, we do not want to live our lives based on what we deserve. I promise you. Because what we deserve is hell. What Christ offers is heaven. We don't deserve any of that. But if, if you start talking to people who are living in the works of the flesh, then there are all kinds of ways that they justify themselves to where it makes sense to them, where it feels right, looks right, feels good, looks good. 
Just because it looks good, just because it feels good, doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's right. Are we going to choose to live in the tree of life? Or are we going to live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Listen, that tree is only a half-truth, just like everything else that Satan tempts us with. It did make them like God in the sense that they knew good from evil, but it didn't make them any more able to discern the difference. We don't have the ability to discern that difference apart from God because we can only look on the outside. What was it that God told Samuel when he went to anoint David as the future king of Israel? He said, look, forget about these, all these tall, good-looking, strapping young men that you're seeing that you think looks like a king. He said, you go get the, the runt of the litter because I, I, you look on the outside, I'm looking on the inside. And inside that little boy is the heart of a king. Inside that little boy is the character of a godly leader. You can't see that. Proverbs says there is a way that seems right. But the end is death, is what the Word says. Eve chose what seemed right, and the end was death. Paul said in the last days, people will call good evil and evil good. Why would they do that? Because sometimes it's impossible to tell the difference between good and evil unless you have God to direct your thoughts. It's not that most people are trying to be evil. It's just that we think we know what's right and wrong, don't we? Are we going to live in God's will or are we going to lean to our own understanding? Are we going to live according to God's word or are we going to choose to believe our eyes? Are we going to live in God's ways or are we going to decide to follow our own sinful ways and desires? You say, well, John, obviously, I want the fruit. I want to live in the tree of life. I, I want the fruit of the Spirit to grow in my life. So what do, I, what do I do with that? Eat more fruit. Eat more fruit. You are what you eat, right? Isn't that what they tell you? I'm a big old slab of bacon is what I am. <laughs> bacon and Crisco is what I am. You, you are what you eat. So get to know the Word. Worship God. Be around people who are producing the kind of fruit that you want in your life. Why? Because the fruit has seed. Do you remember the definition of fruit last week? We talked about it. If it doesn't have seed in it, it's not fruit. Fruit has seed inside of it. So if you are around people who have what you, what you need in your life and you're consuming that from them, then that's going to grow. The more you choose to live in the tree of life, the more you consume the fruit of that tree, then the more seed of the Spirit is planted in you and the more of that fruit's going to be produced in your life. So if you're having a hard time producing fruit or, or you want to see more fruit produced in your life that pleases Jesus, you got to check your diet. Check your diet. What tree are you eating off of? Are you living your way or are you living submitted to the Spirit and submitted to the Word of God? You see, the more of the other tree you eat from, the less hungry you are for the things of the Spirit. Isn't that what we tell our kids? Don't be eating that junk. I'm fixing supper. Have y'all ever said that in your lives? 
Y'all like CIA agents this morning. Y'all deny everything. Nope, nope, never heard, nope, never heard of it, nope. Don't eat that junk. We're fixing supper. I'm going to give you what's good for you if you'll just be patient and don't fill yourself up on the works of the flesh. The more we eat of the other tree, the less effect the water of life, the river of life has on our lives. And the less productive you are, and the less fruit you produce. We have to choose to live in the tree of life. Listen, every time you make a decision, every situation that arises in your life, before you react, think about, I want you to think about physically going to a tree and pulling fruit from it because you, have, you only have two choices when you have a situation arises. You have two choices. I want you to see yourself walking to a tree and choosing a direction. Am I going to choose what I'm about to do next? I mean, we got stuff that comes up, right? You got a choice to make in our lives every day. Am I going to react from the tree of life? Or am I going to react from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Am I going to choose to defend, do what I want to do, what feels good, what looks good to me, what satisfies my flesh? Or am I going to go and do what I know God said I needed to do? We have choices to make. And if we can visualize ourselves in those moments of decision, we can visualize ourselves choosing from one tree or the other, maybe that will help us to make the right choice. Which tree are we going to eat from? Now, here's the last, here's the last thing that I want to, before we go into this series on the fruit of the Spirit, I want to make sure that you, that you understand this. The fruit of the Spirit grows as one fruit. It grows as one. Before we dive into this, I want to make sure everybody understands this. The fruit of the Spirit is not like the gifts of the Spirit. You look in, in, uh, at the end of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Desire earnestly the best gifts. You ask for the gift to be given to you or operated through you. You choose the one that you want operating in your life, either for the moment or, or the gift that you want to be used in. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't operate like that. It is singular. It's a cluster. It, it grows together. Listen, this is not a buffet. You don't just go and pick and choose. This is the character and the nature of God. So if you're going to, if you're going to have the character and the nature of God, you can't go and just cherry pick the attributes you want because if you don't get all of it, then what you wind up with is something other than God. Right? You, you, we're made of all kinds of different attributes, and, but all of those together is what makes us who we are. If you only pick out a few of our attributes, it ain't us. It's the same thing with God. We have to get all of Him or we have something less than Him. So here's what I mean. You don't get to desire joy but not self-control. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? God, pour out that joy. You can keep all that self-control to yourself. I ain't interested in self-control, right? You can't ask for peace and reject patience. That'd be a deal, wouldn't it? God, give me all the peace I need right now. You know, you don't, you don't, that's not how that works. This is not on demand. You don't just order it up. If you're, if you're lacking the fruit of the Spirit in your life, it's not because you haven't asked for it specifically. It's because you're not connected to the vine as strongly as you need to be. 
Jesus said, if, 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 if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will produce fruit. If you're connected to the source, you will produce fruit. Lack of fruit is evidence that the connection needs to be strengthened. It's evidence that you need to mature in your faith. But listen, don't focus on one to the exclusion of the others. Listen, the prayer, the prayer isn't, if you see that there's some fruit that's not being, you're not being productive in your life, the prayer isn't, God, give me more joy, or God, give me more love, or even God, give me more patience. God bless you with that. God, give me more patience, or God, give me more, more kindness. The prayer for more fruit in our lives is, God, make me more like you. And here's the great news. God's already prepared the answer for that. He's already got the answer for that. He gave us His Holy Spirit. Listen, I know this is August, and we don't usually say this, this name of God until you know late November, maybe early December, but Jesus was Emmanuel, right? What does that mean? God with us. If you don't know, just hang out till December and you'll hear somebody say, God with us. Jesus was God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. Jesus said, it's better for you that I get out of here. It's better for you that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send somebody in my place who's not just going to be with you and around you. He's going to be in you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us to truth, and truth is a person. It's Jesus. He said he would testify of Jesus and remind us of all the things that he taught. He said he would be our counselor and our comforter and our teacher. So when you pray that prayer, God, make me more like you. God, make me more like Jesus. Who do you think answers the prayer? It's the Holy Spirit. He's like, cool, now we can get to work. Because that's what he's been waiting on. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to make us more like Jesus and to develop the fruit of the Spirit, which is the character and the nature of God. That develops in your life as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Just a couple. You're like, oh Lord, here comes 18 scriptures again. No, y'all just calm down. This hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how God dearly loves us because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. What's the first of the fruits of the Spirit? Love. Let me show you 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. You receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Where does joy come from? The Holy Spirit. That's how it's poured out in our lives. It comes through the Spirit. And listen, you, uh, we don't have to go through every one. You can, you can bet that the Holy Spirit is the one who develops not just love and joy, but peace and gentleness and patience and every other character attribute of God in your life. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who brings it to pass in your life. So let me ask you this. How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, now listen, the Bible says that God is revealed in nature. Isn't that what it says in Romans chapter 1? He says God is revealed in nature. You can walk outside, look around and go, Yep, there's a God. Right? You've had that experience before. 
The Bible says that Jesus was revealed through, through, through the Word, through the Scripture. He is the living Word of God. He was the, he was the Word incarnate. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You can, you can get to know the Father from nature. You can get to know the Son through the Word. Listen, the only way to get to know the Holy Spirit is through personal relationship. You cannot become, y'all get nervous now. Y'all relax, take a deep breath. You cannot become more like Jesus without the Holy Spirit operating in your life. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit, which is the character and the nature of God. If you want to be, if you want the character and nature of God in your life, then you better get be getting comfortable with the Holy Spirit. The more you surrender your life to Him, the more you surrender control to the Holy Spirit. I know that's a cuss word. Control is a cuss word. We don't like giving up control, but that's exactly what it takes to develop the character and nature of God in your life is you have to give up control to the Holy Spirit. But when you do, the more like Jesus you become. So do you have that living water operating at full capacity in your life? Is it a river of living water? Is it really more like a creek of living water? It's not about the power of the Holy Spirit. Look, a drop. Of the, of the power of the Holy Spirit is enough to, to change. It's, eternal, it's infinite in power. You can't divide infinity up. It's, any piece of it is, is infinite. So it's not about how much of the power of the Spirit do you have. It's about how much of yourself are you giving up control to Him. Are you ready to submit yourself, surrender yourself to the river today? If you'll ask Him to fill you, if you'll ask Him to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will. So that you can be a you can live in the tree of life and you can bear the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, it's important. It's important. It's important for there, there's a world of people around us who are starving for something of significance. They're hungry. They're looking for something. They can't name it, but they know there's something missing, and they are starving to find something that's going to connect them to the eternal, that's going to connect them to something of significance, connect them to something that's different than what they can taste in the world. And that's the fruit that God has provided through us. But if we're not bearing fruit, how will they ever find God? It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Why don't you stand with me, please? If you want to live in the tree of life, you want to develop the character and the nature of God, then you've got to make the choice to allow, let the Holy Spirit operate freely in your life. Now listen, this, this goes perfectly with what we're studying on Wednesday nights with the, God, the, the series called The God I Never Knew. It goes hand in hand. I didn't, I didn't figure that out. I didn't think it. I didn't plan it. That's, that's just the way God is orchestrating this. If you, you're like, well, the Holy Spirit scares me to death. I grew up in a, in, in, a, in a church, in a tradition that we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. As much as the Father or the Son, he, the Holy Spirit is God. So you can't say, well, I love the Father and I love the Son. Holy Spirit, I'm not so sure about. He's the same person. Same, same person. Same person. 
So if you, you're like, I, I'm not sure I understand, then come on Wednesday nights and, and let's talk about it and let's, let's watch this teaching together and let's talk about it. But we've got to get comfortable with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've got to learn to listen to His voice. We've got to learn to notice it when He tugs on our heart. We got to know that he kind of taps on my forehead. I don't know if he does that to you or not. He gets your attention one way or the other. You got to learn to notice. You got to get to know him to know how he operates. But the more you surrender to him, the more fruit you're going to grow. The more you choose what he desires, the more you live in the tree of life. I'm going to pray, and I'm, the altar is open. You're like, John, I, you know, I, I'm ready now. I want, more, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want Him to get more of me in my life. I want to surrender myself. I want to be filled with His Spirit, baptized in His Spirit. Then you come on down, and we'll pray for you right now. We'll pray for you right now. Or if there, you say, John, I, I, I hear about all this stuff, but I'm really more like living in the other side of that stuff. That li those lists you read, I'm really more about the other side right now and I want to switch sides I want to know I want to know Jesus in my life I, I want to know what that's about then you come and we can introduce you to Jesus today as well you can surrender your life to Jesus today whatever else you have to pray about then then you are welcome to come and pray but I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to do what he does what his assignment is here on the earth and that is to lead us and guide us to truth to draw us to God and this altar is open. Why don't, you, why don't you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. We'd love to connect with you. So join us on our website, covenantlifewestga.org. That's covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive more inspirational messages. Then share it with a friend. On behalf of Pastor John Butler and the Covenant Living Broadcast, make it a great week. We'll see you next time.